What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Sideline Huddle Podcast. I am your host, Juan Blancarte, joined by my co-host, Luis Ramos. Uh, for you today, we have more news around the NFL. And after that, we're going to move on to some storylines that we're going to discuss this upcoming season, whether we're buying into them or not. And then we're going to finish off today's episode by actually giving our predictions for week one. Um, we're actually going to keep track of those and uh, see who was talking out their ass at the <laughs> end of the season. Uh, yeah. Luis, um, how are you feeling a few days out before the official start of the 2019 NFL season? Well, I'm actually... Now I'm really, I'm really, really feeling excited. Um, at first, I was just iffy about it, you know, preseason and stuff. But not the, we're now into week one. I'm excited, can't wait, you know, for everything to start. How are you feeling? Um, I'm actually feeling pretty good. Um, I, don't, I don't know why the past couple of seasons I felt kind of disconnected from football for one reason or another. Uh, a lot of it was riding the highs of the Dodgers. I'm a Dodgers fan of the the Dodgers. Um, riding into Ooh. the World Series. Yes, yes. At least he's actually a Yankees fan, so yeah, it's very pretty interesting. Woo! Yeah, but uh, anyways, <laughs> I guess uh, I was just riding the highs of the Dodgers going to the World Series, and then I guess the two back-to-back World Series losses just really like, I'm, I'm it like just he drained you out. I'm not on this. Well, that too, but uh, it's like Michael Scott. I am ready to be hurt again. But, <laughs> <laughs> but more than anything, I think at this point I'm immune to like the Broncos sucking, you know, because I've, I've, I've seen the, because I think that's the reason I stopped watching just because of the Broncos, I mean, with Trevor Simeon, that quarterback, there wasn't much to be excited about. And I'm yeah. not saying that that's really changed all that much, but it's just like, you know, um, I've seen the Broncos win the Super Bowl. Um, it's not the first one I've been around for, but it's the first one I can vividly remember. So it's like, you know, I can stick around with this team um, and then it, it helps me cope with the, the Dodger losses. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling pretty excited. Um, what do you say we get started with this week's news? All right, let's do this. All right, so first up, probably the biggest piece of news, um, Clowney traded to the Seahawks. That is Jadavion Clowney. The Seahawks are sending the Texans two players, uh, linebacker Jacob Martin, who was a six-round pick from this past draft, and Barkevius Mingo, who's kind of bounced around the league now. He was a former uh, sixth overall pick in 2014 for the Cleveland Browns, and also the Seahawks are sending a 2020 third-round pick. Uh, Luis, any quick thoughts on this? Uh, what are your feelings? Uh, I mean, I could honestly I could care less, but it's a uh, it's good it's good for that. <laughs> that's it, everybody. That's the end of the show. <laughs> that's the end. I don't care, I don't care about this shit <laughs> right now. Uh, I think it's a good deal for, for the Seahawks. Seahawks. Yes. Yeah, because they essentially didn't give up much. They're gonna get rid of Barkevius Mingo anyways. They're gonna release him. Uh, Jacob Martin's still developing, and well, a third round pick, you know, for a first round talent and someone as big as Jadavian Clowney, it's that's pretty good. It's just um, we'll see how they go from here because I know you heard, but they're not placing a franchise tag on him, so it, let's see well, they're gonna make him a free agent. I, I thought the thing was like he was already franchise tagged because um, I'm not too sure if, if I'm like looked at this correctly but the Texans failed to sign him by the July 15th deadline right which is when, when mm-hmm. NFL teams have to sign their franchise tag players to long-term deals so when they weren't able to do that uh, I guess it almost I think it placed the franchise tag on Clowney so whatever team he was going to end up with he wasn't going to be able to sign a long-term deal until the following season yeah because well, I read somewhere that uh, yeah they have that they're not that they don't plan on um, placing the tag on him so after this season he's a free agent and they either work out a deal with him now during the season or you know just one year rental yeah I think well, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird it's weird how that works though because I asked um, I might have read also that uh, 
the see the Texans are paying seven yeah. million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're paying kind of seven million, but that's part of the signing bonus they had to sign. Yep, yep. In order to get traded. Yeah, and I think the the Seahawks are covering the rest of it. But for sure, though, like I can say for sure with positivity that they can't sign him to a new deal until next season. That's uh, and that's the main reason why the Texans didn't have a lot of leverage and got so little in return for Clowney. Mm. It makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes uh, sense. Yeah, and then um, also I know he he also had to agree to the trade and he didn't want to end up with Miami yeah. for obvious reasons. So uh, and then also I was reading something how it's pretty neat how the Seahawks got rid of Frank Clark and then Frank Clark went over to Kansas City and got a got a pretty good new deal and contract and the money that the Seahawks would have to pay Frank Clark. Is I think more than what the Seahawks are going to pay Clowney and um, Ziggy Anza. So I mean they've kind of bolstered their pass rush a little bit. Um, and it's going to be interesting how Clowney uh, performs there because to me Clowney hasn't really been like a game-changing defender. He's been a solid run defender, um, decent enough pass rusher, but I just don't think he's like the Aaron Donalds or the Von Millers or the Khalil oh, yeah, Max. No, he's he's a good compliment to have on your defense, but I don't think he's. He's, he's, I mean, he's good, but I don't see him as uh, the star on that defense to build around, you know? Yeah, he's not that game, uh, that franchise, like, you know, leading type of player, like yeah. the Von Millers. Is, I mean, he puts up the numbers. He's had he's had a, a good amount of sacks, and he's been in the Pro Bowl the past three three seasons. But then, every, again, everybody makes a Pro Bowl. Um, but, yeah, he's just, he's just all right. Yeah, and then as far as like um, something else to talk about in this part is uh, Bill O'Brien, because Bill O'Brien, the Texans head coach, because the Texans don't currently have a GM. Uh, Bill O'Brien kind of is the GM, I guess, and a lot of people are like pretty much shitting on the guy because of how he's handled this. Because if they would have traded Clowney before or signed him to a long term deal, they would have been able to get way more for him instead of what they got. That makes sense. He's been getting a lot of heat because, well, like you said, he is, he is, uh, running the show there but and, and I, it also I think it also feels okay. like uh, Bill O'Brien's kind of on the hot seat you know because um, the, mm-hmm. I mean the Texans have been doing good but they haven't really made that leap that, um, that teams need to make yeah. and um, I, I mean it's it, t- it kind of seems like the type of move where you make it it's like well F it I'm on the hot seat anyways you know if they want to fire me like you know they're going to fire me no matter yeah. what so and then I think and this I know and this goes in with the with the next news that we have is uh Miami trading Larry Tonso and Kenny Stills to Houston. You know, so going back to uh, Bill O'Brien and being on the hot seat, like making these moves is making that seat even hotter. So, I mean, just the way he gave up to get these players. He had a 2020 first and then a 2021 first, first round, a second rounder, and then well, he gave up uh, and two position players, a cornerback and a tackle, you know, for Laramie Tonso and Kenny Stills. So those are pretty uh, big impact moves that, you know, statement moves that he's, he's making out there. And, you know, the, uh, they're going to be watching him pretty closely now. Yeah, the Laramie Tunsil move is kind of interesting because it's a win-now move. Uh, and um, I kind of brought it up earlier this week. I don't know if it was in a group chat or something where it felt like a win-now move, but it's not a win-the-whole-thing-now. It's like a win-the-division now because Andrew Luck's gone. I mean, yeah. as good as Tunsil is, I don't think he's going to be that player that's really going to shift the momentum um, for the Texans to, uh, you know, finally make it to an AFC championship or a Super Bowl, but definitely a win-now move. And then as far as uh, Miami on the other end of that, it, it pretty much seems like they're going all in on the tank 
Um, and you know, yeah, big time. Yeah, pretty much just stocking up on picks, like you said, they're getting from the Texans the next uh, couple of years first rounders and the 2021 mm-hmm. second round pick. So it pretty much seems like they're in full rebuild mode over there in uh, Miami, getting rid of a franchise left tackle, which is some would say is harder to find than a franchise quarterback at this point. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. And then uh, to add on to the Miami tanking, they also traded Kiko Alonso. They're they're starting linebacker to the Saints. So it just adds more to it. Yeah. And, uh, for the Saints, this is a great move. I think we just said that that was pretty much like a cap-clearing move, right, for the Dolphins. And, of course, the Saints get some depth. Uh, they must have liked something they seen in Kiko Alonso. But for Miami, yeah. um, it was pretty much a linebacker for linebacker trade. And um, it pretty much just clears up more cap space for them. Yeah, that and uh, I believe uh, Kiko, ha- Kiko Alonso had requested the trade. Um, I guess it was right after the <laughs> Larry Tones on Kenneth Stills trade. Yeah, yeah they, he went to the office. He's probably like, you know what? Uh, it's gonna be a hard, hard no for me on the with this on this season with you yeah. guys. Can I uh, go ahead and trade me to another team, please? They were like, um, I don't know, son. We don't trade water boys. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what we can do for you. It really that's funny that you bring that up because I can already picture it. Like you know, they traded everything they have that's of value and a little bit older. Yeah. And they didn't even think of Kiko Alonso. They were just like, uh, well, I mean, I guess he can stick around. You know, it's not like anybody's gonna give yeah. us anything for him, anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as those two pieces of news, um, like I said, the Texans making a lot of moves, getting rid of Clowney, bringing in Tunsil, and then of course Miami now in full tank mode. Which also something else I want to talk about. Poor Josh Rosen pretty much went from. The worst team last year in the Cardinals, who had no O line, <laughs> to what's probably going to be the worst team. Another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Another worst team. I mean, so. <laughs> that's like almost two wasted years. Um, I don't know. I feel bad for the guy because obviously the Dolphins might end up being in a position next year to take either uh, Tua Tagovailoa or Justin yeah. Herbert. So it should be interesting. Poor Josh Rosen, man. Um, I also saw some, you know, just some ideas that maybe he should end up going to the Colts. Uh, but yeah, that oh, be that's a, not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, of course, we'll talk about it later because there's also some news with uh, Jacoby Brissett getting an extension. Um, yeah, all right, moving on. Um, so, Zeke Watch in full effect. It seems like we're continuing this phase of um, running backs holding out for new contracts yeah. and for new money. Zeke, the latest one, of course. And, Luis, it seems like there's just a lot of contradicting reports. Some people are saying they're oh, close yeah. to signing. Left and right. Yeah, other people are saying that Zeke's going to the XFL. And... Um, <laughs> I don't know. Isn't it be the? Uh, isn't it be the first uh, player player owner coach? Yeah, over pretty there? much. But uh, no, nah, it's just it's a. Uh, I'm over it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second time you've said this. <laughs> Making this podcast look real good over there. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah. I mean, as a, I mean, we're fans here, so as a fan, yeah, I'm just over it. Um, there's been reports, like like you said, some said. Uh, that you know they're right there they're getting close to a deal and the next thing I know I see someone else tweet like oh no uh, they still have everything to go before they get a new deal and I don't even know if he's has he has he even reported yet is he still in Cabo I, I mean I'm, I don't think he's in Cabo anymore I think he's at a Waffle House somewhere in Texas uh, <laughs> <laughs> from from some pictures I've seen of people creeping up on him but uh, uh, from some things I've read supposedly they're saying that the language and structure of the deal um, are the things that are be left to ironed out but they've already agree, agreed on money but it's so funny how ridiculous, like, 
uh, both sides are talking about this because I picked out two tweets that are within 20 minutes of this morning. So I'm going to go ahead and read those tweets. This is from Jane Slater, NFL Network reporter. This is her tweet. A source informed tells me that while talks with Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott continued late Sunday, the deal is still not close. When I asked what's holding it up, the answer was the same as last month. Everything. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, 20 minutes later, Mike Leslie, a reporter for WFAA Dallas, a new station there. He's like the sports anchor. Tweeted, source close to Ezekiel Elliott maintains that things are still on schedule for a deal to come together in the next 24 to 36 hours. So and that was this morning. That was this morning, and those tweets were 20 minutes apart. And one of them said that, oh yeah, they've already agreed on money. They just got to iron out the contract. And someone said like, there's nothing even close to being done. Yeah, it's just it's just like going back and forth. And I know I'm excited. Week one's right around the corner. So once week one starts and the games start, we could leave that behind. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Cowboys and Cowboy fans still have to worry about that, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll, part, we'll probably talk about it on here. I too. mean, as far as you and me, we're, we didn't draft him in fantasy, so I don't think we're too concerned. Yeah, so we're good. I'm I'm fine. Zeke, if you want to hold out, hold out, man. Get your get your money. Cowboys are gonna suck without you, anyways. Whoa, whoa, whoa. all right, all right. Buying. I picked them as division winners <laughs> last week, so uh, yeah, true, true. All right, moving on. Another running back holding out. Uh, Melvin Gordon for the Chargers. Um, some interesting notes there, Luis. I don't know if you want to start this one off. Yeah, so now, unlike Zeke, Zeke has power. He has leverage. Melvin Gordon, on the other hand, I don't know what, what he's trying to do. I mean, obviously, he wants a new contract. He wants to be paid like a top three, top five running back. But he still has another year left on his contract. Uh, so the point is, the Chargers have allowed his re- Representatives to go ahead and seek out a trade, and the Chargers have also said that they won't talk about an extension with Gordon until the season is over. Yeah, so they could care less. Yeah, it was honestly. a it was a GM Tom Telesco that said that all contract negotiations are going to be put you know to the side until the end of the season. So pretty much Melvin Gordon at this point has two options, and that's either end the holdout and play for I think they'll pay him five point six million this season. Or he can continue to sit out and take either the Le'Veon Bell route, um, which I think he has until Week Eight where he'll have to decide if he wants to come back and play the rest of the season or if he's going to sit out. And then also the other possibilities that they, they're going to trade him. Uh, something interesting I read about that is also how the Chargers kind of waited this long to say, you know what, go out there and look for a trade partner, almost in a way to show him like, hey, man, nobody's interested and nobody's going to pay you what you're asking for. Because at this yeah, point, I saw that. Yeah, because at this point, a lot of teams have already kind of cleaned up their running back situation. Yeah, um, it. yeah, the Texans, like I think the Texans lost Lamar Miller, but of course they already had Duke Johnson, who they previously traded for. And, and then they also picked up Carlos Hyde, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, they also picked up Carlos Hyde. And I think the Colts are very comfortable with saving up their cap space for more impactful players because I think they're pretty comfortable with Marlon Mack there, yeah. uh, who produces for him and he's pretty cheap. But uh, yeah, Melvin Gordon still holding out. Um, I think he's, uh, I mean, it's, I don't think he's like the most important piece to the Chargers team. And no, especially the Chargers have had a few injuries lately, and then the biggest one among them is Derwin James, who mm-hmm. I think is on IR, um, so he's going to be out for quite a while. Yeah, the Chargers have bigger things to worry about than Mavin Gordon. Yeah, I mean, Austin I mean, Eckler. They're running back, they're running back, yeah, they're running back, uh, Deb Chart looks great. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a talented team. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, obviously, it's going to, the lost things, you want everybody on board, but it's not yeah. going to be a, something that's going to drown him. Uh, it sucks for Gordon because I, th- I think he's gotten st- he's gotten too far 
to the point where it's like, well, I can't just show up now. <laughs> yeah, I think I've been riding it out this far. I was like, I got to stick to my guns now. Yeah, man, it's 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 pretty funny because I mean I can imagine like his agent like seeking a man. Don't nobody want you, you know? I mean, uh, yeah. you can join the XFL with Zeke or something. See what <laughs> I could just imagine like uh, uh, Gordon's agent be like, "All right, look, the Cowboys ain't working with Zeke. What makes it think the Chargers <laughs> will work with you?" <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. And I mean, the Chargers are also. It's funny because the Chargers are in win now mode because Philip Rivers is getting up there in age, you know, and yeah. you know. Well, who knows? They'll probably have Philip River Jr. by the time he retires. <laughs> I know. I was about to say one of the like, one of the twenty-seven uh, male boys in that family will. Uh, I know. <laughs> take over the mantle. Uh, he's not. He's not going to stop playing until his his kids are old enough. Yeah. He's going to try to do a, a LeBron LeBron thing. Oh, true. LeBron, uh, yeah, have him as a teammate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving on. So Melvin Gordon and Zeke both still holding out. Last piece of news here. LaShawn McCoy at the ripe old age of 31 years old has signed with the Chiefs. Uh, one year, $3 million deal that's worth up to $4 million with incentives, according to Ian Rappaport. Uh, Luis, thoughts on this move? I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. That's all I got to say. Played. Uh, no, I do hate it. Just because it's this with the Chiefs, you know. I'm pretty sure you hate it too. Like, why? I mean, I mean honestly, like, if the Chiefs are going to win a Super Bowl this year or go to the AFC Championship or most, most definitely win the division, I don't think it's going to be, like, because of LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy. I, I mean, know, it's so like, that's more... yeah, it's just throwing another weapon into already a loaded offense. But to me, it just bothers me because I drafted Damian Williams. Um, mm. To be honest, I did this after the whole news I just don't think I don't know I just I know LaShawn McCoy has familiarity with Andy Reid because of their years in Philadelphia um, yeah. but he had his career worst season last year I think he barely rushed for over 500 yards um, the Bills yeah yeah the Bills it's crazy that they but the Bills kept Frank Gore over him which yeah maybe and then I was like do you know if he had like a big uh, cap hit with the Bills, LaShawn McCoy? I'm not sure to be honest with you. I didn't look that up, but I can't imagine. I can't imagine it because I think you that would be like a big piece of news that would be attached to him being cut. Yeah. You know, maybe he just wanted to get cut, but they. Didn't <laughs> get cut. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, who want to want to go from you know uh, the Bills to the Chiefs? The Chiefs, yeah, yeah especially now. Tough. And um, just to add to that, the Chiefs also have a pretty decent backfield. Damian Williams, of course, who took over last year. After Kareem Hunt, you know, had his issues, uh, he did really well. But, of course, he still hasn't had a full season of work. So that'll be interesting to see. And they also have rookie yeah. Darwin Thompson, who has shown flashes of potential. So it's pretty much a three-headed monster. Oh, I don't want to say monster, but just a running back by committee back there. Uh, so yeah. we'll see what LaShawn McCoy is able to do. That's going to be interesting. We'll see how that goes. All right. So that pretty much does it for our news. Um, there are other little news tidbits that we're actually going to uh, carry over into this uh, segment. Um, so for this segment, what we're actually going to do is we're going to we picked out a few of the storylines that we found most interesting and we're going to discuss whether we're buying into them or not. Kind of a fact or fiction thing. Um, picked out six different segments. Uh, Luis, are you ready to go? Let's do this. So uh, even if I'm not ready, we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first one is, are the Browns legit? Uh, Luis, I don't know if you want to go first on this. I know you didn't pick them to win their division uh, yeah. last week, but um, what are your thoughts on the Browns? Are the Browns legit? No. Ooh. No. Uh, that's all I got to say. Let's play. I know. In all seriousness, I don't think they're legit. Uh, one of the main reasons would be because of their offensive line. Okay. Uh, they are ranked 21st in the PFF, Pro Football Focus. And 
with that being said, uh, one of the things about Baker Mayfield is he does move around a lot. He likes running and, you know, throws. He, he's, he improvises a lot. And one thing that worries me about that is just if his offensive line can't block for him, he's going to get hit a lot of the times. And then I think this past season or, his, yeah, this past season, he might have missed a couple of games because of a concussion. So that that alone for me is like that. I don't, I don't see it as, as the Browns being legit because if their offensive line can't block Baker Mayfield, how are they supposed to get a running game going? And how is Baker Mayfield supposed to pass to uh, Landry and OBJ if he doesn't have time, you know? And also, because um, another reason, I'm just not, you know, sold on Kitchens being their head coach, or rookie head coach. You know, I, I just want to see how he's going to respond if this shit doesn't work out how it's supposed to. Like, if they start losing games and players start losing their shit, like, how is he going to control that? You know, it's just, it's a ticket. It could be, it could be bad. That's that's why I'm not. Okay. That's All why right. they won't be, I'm, they're not legit for me. All right. So, for my end, um... Are the Browns legit? I think legit as in they'll win the division. Yes, I think they're legit enough to win the division. Um, I do agree with you. I think there's going to be some growing pains. But like I said last week, I think there's too much talent there for it not to work. And no one else in that division really sticks out to me. And I, I like I said, it's, Baker Mayfield's weird for me because sometimes I love him, sometimes I hate him. Um, I think he's a great player, great leader. Uh, and I'm really excited to watch him work with uh, OBJ. Um, I know Jarvis Landry is a great receiver in his own right, but he's no Odell Beckham. So that connection is going to be exciting to watch. And then on defense, they're not, you know, they're not slouching either. Um, I do have the same concerns you do with Freddie Kitchens. But like I said, I just don't see anyone else in that division that can match up with the Browns. Uh, like I said, the, the only big issue is if they go the way the Jaguars did last season after, you know, all the hype they received. But I, I'm going to go say, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think for me being legit is not, are they going to go be Super Bowl contenders? Uh, there's maybe a 10% probability that they are if things all click on all cylinders. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, as far as winning the division, I think they'll be able to win the division because you could argue that last year, if Baker had started the whole season and maybe if Joe Thomas had stuck around instead of retiring, they might have just won the division. Well, yeah, but then Joe Thomas is like easily a Hall of Fame left tackle. He, they don't have that now. I mean, I read that they have a journeyman starting a right guard, you know, and then uh, left tackle Greg Robinson, he was just cut and then they reassigned him again. So that offensive line has too many questions, and there's, you know, in that division alone, they have a lot of pass rushers who are just going to go blow through that line. I, I, I mean, I, I agree I agree with you that the Browns do have a lot of talent. Like, talent-wise, yeah, you know, you know they have it. But is it all going to gel perfectly? Was, is Baker Midfield going to have enough time? You know, is it all going to work out per, like for them to be legit and win, go on and win? You know, sometimes these these kind of projects take more than a season for them to actually, you know, work out perfectly fine and win games nonstop. But it's just for me, it's as much talent as they have. I'm not really sold. There's still a lot of questions to be answered, and I mean, obviously they'll get answers as the season progresses. But as of right now, I'm not I'm not buying into the Browns. Yeah, because I'm looking at the the PFF article you mentioned, and do you know what O line? Is ranked at number twenty nine here. Yeah, I do. The Chargers. I mean, the Chargers are probably going to be easily a ten win team. Um, oh, it's the Chargers. I thought for some reason I thought you were just saying to talk shit about the Raiders because I think the Raiders are twenty six. Yeah, the Raiders are twenty six. I'm just saying because as far as PFF goes, I know you're worried about the whole line, but there's a lot of good teams here 
who, according to PFF, have questionable lines among them. The Vikings, the Jets, who I said I think are going to be a good team, uh, the Chargers, and the Texans. And then we were just talking about the Texans. I'm sure that's improved probably from 31 to 27 or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but uh, I think about the Chargers, we talked about that too. I think it was last week where there's question marks in that on the roll line. Then with Russell Kuhn being hurt, you know, that's one thing that the Chargers going to be worrying about is protecting well, the Rivers. That's neither here nor there. I was just discussing the, you know, about some of the teams on this PFF list because you mentioned how the Browns O-line uh, might yeah, not be there. 21st. I mean, being 20, 20th or 21st in O-line is better than being 30th. Uh, but um, and either way, I digress. I, I uh, So that was our first one. Are the Browns legit? Luis thinks they're not legit. I, on the other hand, am going to buy in and say, yes, they're legit. Uh, moving on, number two is a good one. Is Todd Gurley still Todd Gurley? Luis, thoughts? Uh, I think he is. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Uh, just because he's had plenty of time to rest, recover, and get stronger. You know, dating back mm. to like maybe week, what was it, 15, 14 when he was resting. Even in the playoffs, it seemed like he was getting, like he would play, but get rest most of the games. The Super Bowl, we all know what happened there where he didn't play a majority of it this whole offseason so if he if there was some kind of injury because I don't I mean as far as as much as as far as I know I don't think there was any legit reports you know confirming he had been injured right um it's because it's it's really weird with Todd Gurley because there's a lot of signs that like bring up major red flags uh biggest among them or most obvious is that they drafted a running back this past year in the third round um a lot of these third round running backs if they're not fit in to start or be in the rotation heavily you know it's for other reasons but Todd Gurley had a monstrous season last season and then something happened in the playoffs where he just disappeared and CJ Anderson got a lot of snaps and the carries and Sean McVay came out and said that it was just because they both had good rhythms and that's why he played both of them equally and then uh, for some reason Todd Gurley pretty much disappeared in the conference championship and the Super Bowl against the Saints he had a total of 13 yards a touchdown and then that was all with five touches and then against the Patriots he had 34 yards on 10 carries so I mean that's pretty much an MVP running back who was shelved pretty much man I mean there's a lot of stuff here that you know and then I think there was also rumors going around that he had arthritis in that knee and I also picked up this interesting quote uh, that he gave at the start of Rams mandatory minicamp um, he told a he told a reporter quote I had bigger problems to worry about coming out of college when they asked him about his health issues, I'm like, dude, you had a torn ACL coming out of college. <laughs> you know, like, man, like, I, I hope you had bigger yeah. issues coming out of college or else you wouldn't be playing. Um, so as far as for me, is Todd Gurley still Todd Gurley? I don't think he's top tier. And not, top tier Todd Gurley, I mean, to say he's still top tier running back, I think. But I don't think he's going to be as good as he was last year or even the year before that. And I, I don't even if it's not so much of his performance or what he's capable of, it's going to be because they're going to um, manage his workload big time this season. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. I'll give you that. Uh, I just feel like for me, it was just I think he'll probably be even better just because of this whole time that people are questioning him and the resting and just his work, uh, just him being being put into question. Yeah, I feel like all that he's going to, you know, use it as a chip on his shoulder and you know, this year, not so much as I got use it as a prove it year because we all know what he's capable of and he's proven to us how great he is or he, how great he can be. But it's just going to, like, he's going to take this season personal and he's probably going to go out there and tear it up. Yeah, that, that's but another, yeah, it, 
That's a, another thing because a lot of players, you know, when they're questioned constantly about injuries, because that's pretty much what's happened to him the last few months. Yeah. Um, sometimes they get defensive. Like, you know what, man? I've already answered this question. I'm not injured. And, yeah. you know, like, we're not disclosing anymore. That's it. Like, we haven't really gotten that from him. So, and then the cool thing about this question is that we're pretty much going to get it answered right away week one. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to see what Todd Gurley comes out. If he's still in Pro Bowl all-time, you know, potentially all-time great running back form, then that puts the, you know, that puts it to rest. Uh, also, another thing is, like I said, arthritis. It could just wear on him. And maybe it's a type of thing where towards the end of the season, he's not as uh, fresh or as spunky as he is in the beginning of the season. Yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. And Yeah, but I do agree with, the, with you about that they might manage his, his workload. workload. Yeah, think so, about that. yeah, so um, now for that, that was our second, are we buying it or not? Is Todd Gurley still Todd Gurley? Luis says yes. Uh, for me, I say no. And when I say that, I mean it like he's not the Todd Gurley of, you know, uh, MVP caliber uh, yeah. running back. Um, okay, number three, a big one. This this question has been, the storyline has been going on for who knows how long. Um, is Tom Brady going to regress this season? Luis? Uh, yes, I think he Ooh. is. You know, Father Time's going to catch up to him. Also, his offensive line this season, I believe, is going to be much more weaker than the one he had last year. So he might get hit a lot more times than what he's comfortable with, and that mm-hmm. might throw him off a bit. Yeah. Not to mention, uh, well, Gronk's not there anymore. You know, he's minus a few weapons there, but he is getting Gordon, and he did, did draft uh, Nikhil Harry. Yeah, even though he's out. Nikhil Harry's yeah. on the... I, I think on that. You know what? I'm going to throw something in real quick with this one because you just mentioned it and I forgot. Um, this isn't going to be a whole separate piece, but just thrown in here. Do you think Grok comes back this season? Uh, no. No? Okay. No, I right. think so. All right. Uh, let me see. For me, Tom Brady going to regress? I say yes, uh, mostly because I want to be able to say I've called it because people have been saying this for 13... 30- for the past 20 yeah. years. Like, he's going to regress. <laughs> he's going to regress. And I'm just going to say yes every year. That way I can say I called it. Even though this is my first year putting this out on public record that I'm calling it, that yeah. Tom Brady's going to regress. I mean, like you said, he's 42 years old. Um, honestly, if he doesn't regress this season, then he needs to be tested, period. Uh, I don't <laughs> I'm know. Gonna for, I'm going to sign up for his uh, TB12 workouts. Yeah, I don't know for what he needs to be <laughs> tested, but uh, we need his body for science. Uh, but for real, man, uh, I think he's going to regress. Uh, it's going to be like the Patrick Mahomes. Um, yes, there's going to be regression. He's uh, he's, he's only going to throw for 200 yards in the Super Bowl and uh, not much else. You know, like, but <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I, I think he's going to regress. So, I mean, he has to like, you know, yeah, it, it has to like your arm strength starts leaving. I mean, mentally, you're all still there, but there's just some things your body can't do. Um, so I think he's going to yeah. regress. And um, I just think a lot of it's going to get covered up by team success. Yeah, that's true. Team success, but no, he has to. Like, yeah, he's got to regress. So. But we'll see. It's gonna we're, be. We're speaking it into existence. Yes. Knock on wood. Be. Knock on wood. If you're with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all uh, right. All right. So we're on board. Is Tom Brady going to regress? We both said yes. Um, all right. Next up, uh, talking about some rookie quarterbacks. Are Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins in before the season ends? Of course, Daniel Jones uh, right now. Not the starter backing up Eli Manning and Dwayne Haskins. I don't know if he's second or third on that depth chart uh, with Case Keenum starting in Washington. Luis, thoughts? Yes. Okay. Are we talking yes and yes or yes and no? Um, I know what you mean. Uh, I'm going to go with yes and yes. Okay. Yeah. It's just for me, both players are on way, on very weak teams this year. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll be starting by the middle of the season. Ooh. You no, know, because uh, Keenum and Eli, I mean, 
we mentioned how much we love Eli. He's a great guy, but you know he is Payne's brother, and we saw Payne's yeah, man, their bodies, arm. yeah, their bodies didn't hold up well. So yeah, the thing that Eli has now is just that he doesn't have what Payne had, the defense. So the Giants are a poor, talented team right now. They have Barkley. Oh, man, and he did awesome last year too with that, you know, that crappy yeah. team. So I just feel like at some point, like they're gonna try to hold on to Eli for as long as they can. But once it's just they get impatient or something, if they're like zero eight again, then yeah, Daniel Jones goes in there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Casey Keenum, Case Keenum, K- oh, yeah. what did I say? Casey, Casey, Case Keenum. <laughs> wow. I lost my train of thought because of that, but oh wow, you gonna blame me for that? Yeah, that's all on you. Well, I mean, eventually, Dwayne Haskins gonna be better than him, so there's not much to say there. All right, uh, let me see. For me, are Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins in before the season ends? I say yes and yes. Also, um, I'm predicting that Eli Manning moves over to fullback because of some good tape he put up this preseason. <laughs> Blocking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Daniel Jones takes over. No, but seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, Eli Manning, you know, it's hard because I think we both like the guy. And yeah, he's a good guy. Ownership likes the guy. You know, they're loyal to him. They he's kept him legend. around. But the thing is, you're in New York. That team's going to go, who knows, 2-4 and four or 2-6. and six. You know, they're not going to have a great record. Um, yeah. And then the media's going to start like, oh, when's Daniel Jones coming in? When's Daniel Jones coming in? Oh, um, yeah, they're going to... That's going to be bad for them in New York. I forgot to mention that too. But Yeah, the media is pretty bad in New York with stuff like that. And then not only that, but Daniel Jones has done way better or way better than any of us expected this preseason. Um, when he was first drafted, people were booing. Mm. I felt bad for the guy. And, you know, maybe rightfully so because a lot of people were saying like, oh, yeah, he's not that great. You know, he's a good project. He's not going to be, um, you know, a, a franchise-changing quarterback or anything like that. But he's looked really good. And I just think the New York media is really going to pressure the situation there. And then... Um, Dwayne Haskins Dwayne Haskins was like if I remember correctly because it wasn't that long time ago um, he was the number one ranked quarterback uh, prospect going into the draft and a lot of teams were saying how the Giants were going to take him so I really don't know what changed between now and then there's some measurables from the combine Um, and like we said Case Keenum and Colt McCoy are both holdovers it's going to be Haskins time and when you draft quarterbacks like this in the first round you hope that you can plug them in at some point um, yeah. as ready as they are or not ready like Broncos with Paxton Lynch they put him in towards the end of the season um, when they drafted him so I think the same thing will happen here um, you have to see what you have in your you know in your rookie quarterbacks to see what moves you're going to make going forward yeah yeah I mean I agree with everything you said you are a smart man and you know what's going on yes yes let's see if you say that when they do the weekly picks uh, probably not. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. So are Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins in before the season ends? We both agreed yes and yeah. yes. All right. Moving on. Another. I think this one for me was really hard because there's a lot of uh, there's just a lot of factors that go into this. Is yeah. Foles the answer at QB in Jacksonville? Lease? Yes, he Ooh. is. I mean, or I just did. Pan- I mean, I won't, for this season, I'll say yes, he is. Like I said, I think I said on the one of the past two episodes. We've recorded so many episodes. I've just lost track of what I've been saying. But uh, I've only recorded three. Well, this is the third one. Ooh, well, it feels like it's been more <laughs> than that. <laughs> I need to check my schedule, see what I've been recording. Mm. But no, the Sierra Stone, um, I think he is a short-term answer now for Jacksonville. I think he he's going to... Nick Foles is just going to do enough to get the job done to... Uh, 
what is it? I'm sorry, I lost. Uh... Yeah, he'll make the necessary plays for them to win. Hmm. And then with that defense behind his back and the running game, it's just going to be uh, pretty good for the Jaguars. All right, let me see. I, I, I actually took the most time on this storyline looking into it because I, too, thought Foles uh, was the answer at QB. But then you said he reminded me I am a smart man. And um, I'm going to say no. I don't think he's the answer. <laughs> I regret saying that. Blue, shouldn't have blown smoke up my ass. So uh, we'll get, we'll get our, our producers to edit that part out. Um, I am the producer. So uh, right. anyways, uh, I don't think he's the answer. So let's see. The Eagles have a great system, right? You don't think he's the answer? Uh, not, not, l- l- just listen to me. Just, just uh. hear me out. Okay, so he was with the Eagles. He had a lot of great success, obviously. Led him to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, the Eagles have a great system. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is a quarter uh, a system QB, but I'm just saying they do have a great system. It is what it is. And by his standards or a player of his caliber, a journeyman quarterback, he had a legendary conference championship and Super Bowl. He threw over for three for over 300 yards and three touchdowns in each of those games, right? Mm-hmm. And then to be fair, the Jaguars, um, you know who they brought in as their offensive coordinator this year? No. They brought in John DeFilippo. That's what I was thinking about. For some reason, I thought he was in another team. Yes, yes. They brought him. He was, of course, um, for anybody who doesn't know, he was the offensive coordinator last year uh, with the Vikings, Vikings. and things just didn't mesh. It was so awkward because the Vikings' offense looked so bad. Um, And, of course, they got rid of him. Uh, The connection there is DeFilippo was actually the quarterback's coach when the Eagles won the the championship, and, of course, Nick Foles was the starting quarterback. But... To be fair, I just don't see that as enough because we've seen DeFilippo as offensive coordinator and it didn't work out. I mean, we've seen plenty of coaches go from shitty and into another situation and turn it around. But I just I, I can see what they were thinking like, oh, this guy's familiar with Foles. Let's bring him in. And then the other thing I looked further into, um, you did mention that the, the defense for uh, the Jaguars is a strong point. A lot of good pieces over there. Um, they're an elite defense when they're at their best. Uh, but I was looking back at that AFC Championship game because this is a team that's just two, over two years removed uh, from an AFC Championship. Almost beat the Patriots. Went back and watched some highlights. There was actually a few moments where I was like, "Oh shit, these guys are gonna yeah. these guys are gonna." And make they this. did that with Blake Bortles at quarterback. Exactly. And looking back at that game, I don't think Blake Bortles was the issue, man. L- let me read you Blake Bortles' stats. I mean, Blake Bortles. I'll defend him because I've heard him. He's such a nice guy. Seems like such a bro. But um, he was twenty three of thirty six. For 293 yards and a touchdown. That's a pretty solid stat line for Blake Bortles. And it brings me back to what you said about Nick Foles. All he has to do is pretty much... It's a game manager role. Um, We've seen a lot of teams... I always bring up the Broncos because it's a team I'm familiar with. But Payne managers have to manage the game. And that was enough for them to win. And that's pretty much what's needed in Jacksonville as long as that defense is elite. But if you go back to that AFC Championship game, it was the defense that gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter. This was, of course, to the GOAT, Tom Brady, but my yeah. point yeah, my point still <laughs> remains like, my point still remains that it was the defense that was the issue, and Blake Bortles surprisingly did not throw like two or three or four picks, especially against a Bill Belichick defense. So all those reasons compounded, I should use this as my thesis for college, um, this is why for real. <laughs> um, I don't think Foles is the answer. Um uh, He's going to have to, I know it sounds funny, he's going to have to play up to how Blake Bortles played that year. Like, just make all the right plays, but don't make any of the wrong ones. And even if you're not making the right one on that play, don't make the wrong one. Um, that's that's why I don't think Foles is going to be the answer there. Because be, besides that great playoff run with the Eagles, he's been pretty mediocre. This was a guy that was considering retiring. 
he's had some bright moments yeah. in the league, but I just don't think he's he's not what they're he's not what they're expecting. Well, he's not the, to he's be. Not, yeah, he's he's not the greatest thing ever, but he's just like I said, he's gonna do just enough to win them games. So is he the answer to Jackson? Well, the short term, yeah. He's if he does enough to win the games and they go to the playoffs and whatnot, that's great. But long term, obviously not, because we've seen falls long term and he hasn't been. He's he hasn't yeah. been great. Yeah. So I, I mean, okay. So that'll cover that. Is falls the answer at QB in Jacksonville? Luis says yes for the shirt short term shirt. Uh, short term. Jeez. <laughs> at the uh, short term, <laughs> and then I say uh, no. That I don't think he's the answer there. So moving on, last piece here, storyline. Um, this one's still fresh. Are the Colts dead in the water without Andrew Luck? Luis, thoughts? No. Ooh. I don't think they are. That team is too talented um, for them to just fall to the bottom five of the league, you know. They did. They made some major improvements. Um, that defense alone... Did a great, they're pretty good last season, and you know they added more players to that. So, you know, hopefully it carries over to this season and that defense continues to have that success it had last year. The offense, uh, yeah, Andrew Luck was obviously the best quarterback on that team and a top quarterback in the league. But you know that offensive line is still there, um, fifth best offensive line according to a Pro Football Focus. You know, so if they give Bursay uh, enough time to throw the ball, he'll, he'll, I mean, he'll execute. He'll do enough to win the games for them. Okay. You know, this uh, I'm going to throw a question in there because this is obviously are the Colts, you know, pretty much shit out of luck without Andrew Luck. Um, this year, expectations would have been probably the same or if not more as last year. Last year, they went 10-6. and six. Mm-hmm. So do you think they win 10 games this season without Andrew Luck? Yeah, I, I believe it. Ooh. It's spicy. All right. Yeah, I could see it happening. What yeah. about you? Um, I mean, for me, are they dead in the water? I could agree with you. Um, I'll be honest. Last week when we were picking division winners, I think both you and I wrote the Colts out with the loss of uh, Andrew Luck. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, what changed oh, for shit. me is I, I watched some, you know, I, I caught up on some of the reports coming out of there. And I was actually really impressed because a lot of people had a lot of good things to say about Jacoby Brissett, how he's such a good leader, and a lot of them were ready to move on. And T.Y. Hilton, you know, was... Uh, Gonna play this season now for his best friend number twelve. Um, I just think the team responded very well, and um, I think they're a tough team. So yeah, I agree with you that they're not dead in the water. Are they playoff bound? I'm not really sure, just because it's still gonna be a tough division. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just to see how Jacoby Brissett is because he's he started almost a full season in 2017, um, but he hasn't had that season where it's like, hey man, you're our guy. And to yeah. add to that, they also just signed him to a, a two year, thirty million dollar extension. I think that that's a good thing though, because yeah, you want your faith. Helps, it helps, uh, yeah, and it helps Jacoby just knowing that hey, they believe in me. Like it makes it easier for him. Yeah, uh, the way I see it, just mentally, like okay, well, I got paid. You no, know, they're paying me. I'm the I'm the new guy now, and you know, it's not like they haven't been preparing this offseason because Luck hasn't been involved yeah, hasn't in played. all this offseason. Yeah. So Bruce has been he's the one that's been the man in charge this whole time. So. I mean, nothing's changed there for them. I think they're ready to go. And I think I think that's also a very underrated move by the Colts signing into that two-year, $30 million extension because if he turns out to be their guy, that's a very, very uh, good discount, and they're going to be able to sign some big pieces because they still have a ridiculous amount of uh, cap space. 
Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, and then um, just a few notes here. Uh, so I look back to that 2017 season where Brissett took over after the first game. Um, he went 4-11, which isn't great, obviously. The But uh, uh, he threw for 3,098 yards, 13 touchdowns, and 7 picks. Uh, but what I do want to point out is, of course, the Colts that year went 4-12. Um, the next year, which was last season, they went 10-6. Uh, so one of the big turnarounds. And I think the main reason um, we've seen before this happen is Chuck Pagano was head coach um, in 2017. And then Frank Wright came in last year and installed his system. And, of course, we saw that big turnaround. And I think it just proves the point how much of a difference a good coach can make. Uh, yeah. I think Frank Reich needs to be brought up in that conversation because a lot of us are over here, you know, uh, um, talking about the Sean McVay. Yeah. The Sean McVay, what he was able to do with the Rams. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. Frank Reich is just the biggest reason for the Colts turnaround. Of course, good drafting. But uh, it's going to be interesting how Jacoby Brissett does in this offense now with Frank Reich at the helm instead of Chuck Pagano. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, but then... And it's not like it's his first year under the new system. He was the backup last year, so he probably had more time to look at the look at the plays and learn from Luck and from Frank. And everything just works out for him. I, yeah. I think I think this season might be just. I mean, you never know. They, they they could be lucky, and uh, he could it could be like an Aaron Rodgers situation, you know, where he just comes up and he starts, you know, wrecking shop. Um, yeah. I mean, and but he, the, and he, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say uh, the nothing about. Uh, Jacoby is that he's really really good on his feet so yeah, he's I pretty think mobile. that offense is going to be more balanced I mean obviously they won't have the passing yards won't be as high as what you know what Luck did but yeah he's got a good old know. line a good running back uh, yeah. good receivers I know they drafted some receivers um, brought in Funches and they still have T.Y. Hilton there who's ready to ball out this season yeah so it's going to be great yeah so okay last storyline that we decided to talk about are the Colts dead in the water without Andrew Luck uh both of us disagreed that they're not. Uh, both of us agreed that they're not dead in the water. Uh, Luis, of course, wouldn't be surprised if they go ten and six again. For me, I'm not entirely sure if they're going to be playoff bound this year. Uh, we'll see. I think eight and eight is what I would be aiming for. Um, all right, so that does it for our segment. Are we buying it or are we not? Uh, it's going to be fun to look at those in a few weeks. Um, so moving on, we're doing our predictions for week one. Um, we kind of want to do these. Um, whoop, whoop. <laughs> I know it's already here, man. It's awesome. It's going to pass by fast. Yeah. So I already know how it is. I'll be sitting there with like yeah. Dorito chips, you know, and it's already like week nine. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and then uh, so the way we want to do this was kind of rapid fire. But we also want to throw in some little notes in there, maybe off the top of our head. Uh, the way I did this, Luis, I literally made these picks like an hour before we went on air. That way it would be like kind of... Um, out of instinct in a way, you know, just yeah, without just much. Just go feeling. Yeah, without analyzing them too much. Um, well, how did you do it? Uh, I haven't. So as this oh, is right now, serious? I'm going, this is me. Yeah, this is me winging it live. Um, okay, uh, so if that's the case, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to say the game of the week and then you go ahead and give your decision. That way you're not influenced by my smart uh, decision. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Uh, all right, so are you ready to go or what? Yeah, let's do this. All right, so fellas, starting off on Thursday, Thursday Night Football, we have the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. Luis, what you got? I got Green Bay. Woo! I, okay. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers coming back, fully healthy. You know, he's on a revenge tour. He's going to yes. light up the Bears. I'm yes. not sold on the Bears anyway, so yeah. And then I think we, I think it was last year, right, when he had that comeback against the Bears where the Bears were looking like hot shit, and then he just oh, tore them yeah. apart. Yeah. Or Khalil Mack was like just huffing and puffing in the in the fourth quarter. Who? Uh, uh, Khalil Mack. He was like out oh. of breath because he was still never, you know. Nope, never heard of him. Oh, okay. All right. He was a he's an all pro player. I think he won defensive 
uh, player of the year with the Raiders a few years ago. John Gruden treated him. What's that? Uh, moving on. about Charles Woodson? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, okay, so for me, uh, I picked Green Bay also. Same thing as you. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the revenge tour. But on the other side also, like I said, the Chicago Bears lost a lot, man. And most importantly, they lost Vic Fangio. Um, the defense was their strength last year, and I think that's going to be effective this year. So I'll take Green Bay on Thursday. Uh, moving on to Sunday, first game up, Tennessee Titans at Cleveland Browns. Luis, what you got? Well, I got Cleveland. Okay. Uh, despite all the shit I talked about them, I mean, it's the Titans. So I'm like, okay, hey, well, it's first game. It'll be a lot of hype, and Cleveland's going to be hyped up, and so yeah, it's good to see you, but Cleveland's It's a home got, game for them. Yeah, it's a yeah, lot of talent I, there. Yeah, I agree also. I picked Cleveland, even though it, it is going to be – I think it's going to be actually a good game that I might tune into. Um, Tennessee's no slouch. So, but, yeah, I picked Cleveland, so we both have Cleveland. Uh, next game, Baltimore Ravens at the Miami Dolphins. Oh, this one's a tough one for me. I need to look at the odds. I might bet the house on this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I went with Baltimore. I mean, I have. There's not I mean, do we really need? Say. Do we really need yeah, reasons? <laughs> I I <know>. mean, <laughs> if anybody yeah. out there can give us reasons to not pick the Ravens, um, I guess we'll listen. We won't take you seriously, but we'll listen. <laughs> we'll listen. Yeah. So both of us picking the Ravens over Miami. Uh, next up, this one's a hard one, man. Uh, Atlanta Falcons at the Minnesota Vikings. Who you got? Yeah, this is gonna be a tough one. This is gonna be a great uh, matchup to watch, but I have uh, Minnesota. Ooh. Yeah, I'm just really, really uh, sold yeah. on. Kirk I know you Cousins. like the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I'm, yeah, I'm really riding on the Vikings this year. Yeah. But um, you got? um, I picked the Falcons, man. I just think they're more experienced. Um, head coach. I don't like Mike Zimmer. I don't know if that has anything. But yeah, that has something to do with it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. So, uh, I, just, I don't like the guy, so I'm not picking him. <laughs> well, not only that, but I'm not exactly sold on Kirk Cousins. I mean, you're gonna. In my head, you're still the team that you were last year until you prove otherwise. I know they have a new offensive coordinator, but I'm going with the Falcons just because they have that experience. Um, I think they're decently healthy compared to last year. Um, so I think the I'm picking the Falcons. So I got the Falcons over the Vikings. Luis has the Vikings over the Falcons. I think that's the first one we disagree on, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Moving on, Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. Uh, this one's a tough one just because both teams are really uh, young and looking to bounce mm-hmm. back and never a lot of additions, but I went with the uh, Buffalo. Ooh, okay. You're going to have to give me some quick notes on that one. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, there is no thoughts. I just, this <laughs> is how <laughs> it's a coin flip for me. Right, no, no, let's see. It's just, um, I feel like Buffalo is uh, the second year back with uh, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as opposed to the Jets, it was the first year with Adam Gaze and they're learning new the new playbook and, uh, you know, entering a new offense. And that for me, it's just Buffalo's more stable. They've added more pieces. I know that Sean McCoy's not there, but they got Frank Gore, you know, who's for some reason or another has been really great over the years. Mm-hmm. And I just... It's a good feeling, right? I'm not. There's okay, not too no, much. No, to go with all it. right. Um, um, I picked the Jets uh, mostly because I am a Sam Darnold fan. I think he's going to take. A, he's going to make a big step this year. Uh, not only that, they added a lot of talent. They have C.J. Mosley, of course, Le'Veon Bell. I'm fully expecting him to pound the rock uh, continuously with him. Uh, they also mm-hmm. have Robbie Anderson, our receiver, who is a, a really good deep threat. Um, I think they have a lot of good young pieces there with the Jets. Um, at this point in time, I believe they are the better team um, over the Bills. But this is the NFL, and anything can happen, especially Week One. Um, but yeah. I'll, I'll take the Jets. So you got the Bills. I got the Jets in that matchup. Moving on, I think this one's also easy, even though it's a division game. Uh, Washington Redskins at the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Yeah, I got the Eagles just because it's the Eagles. And yeah, yeah. Uh, Washington, not too much to work with. Um, they do have Darius Geis, I think I mentioned before, the running back. Uh, starting tight end Jordan Reed out with the concussion. I'm pretty sure he's being held out this week, right? Um, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, and I mean, the Eagles at full health. Um, Carson Wentz looking to prove some haters wrong. So, yeah, we're both picking Philadelphia over the Washington Redskins week one. Uh, moving on, actually, I have a question on this one because it's the L.A. Rams at the Carolina Panthers. Um, any news on Cam Newing, whether he's playing week one or not? They haven't mentioned much about him. I think they're still, they're still resting him up and trying to get him better with that foot strain. Yeah. But haven't there's not, there hasn't been much news about him. Yeah, I mean, from what I can see, I just Googled it here really quick. I think, uh, good to, yeah, it says Panthers QB Cam Newing good to go for week one, and that's from Bleacher Report. So it seems like Cam oh, so he's good to go. Uh, from the looks of it, you know how it is. Um, yeah. So who are you picking, Rams or Panthers? I went with the Rams. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think I still think they're they're a Super Bowl favorite. They're a hot team yeah, still. Man. So I mean, we're still thinking they're who we think they are and a top yeah. NFC team. And then of course the Panthers, um, not a, not a crappy team, but just not on their level. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'll pick the Rams also. I'm taking the Rams, even though I was tempted to pick Carolina for the upset, especially because the game is in Carolina. But um, no, ultimately, I'm going with the Rams. Um, next up, this one is a good game, man. And uh, it's the Kansas City Chiefs at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, who do you got? This one's interesting. I really. This is either you're either picking offense or you're picking defense in this one. I originally had Kansas City. Ooh. But now that we're now that we're going back at it, and after we talked and everything, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going with the Jaguars. Oh, this okay. is really me just, you know, switching it up now. I think this is really uh, me. You just trying to get one over on me. I think so. That's yeah. This is personal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that does it for this week's show, everybody. <laughs> this might be this the the show's last episode. Might not have a co-host <laughs> after this one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you're picking Jacksonville, but I mean, to be honest, I'm sure you have some reasons, or is it really just because all we've talked about throughout this episode? No, um, I've picked Jacksonville. I'm picking Jacksonville now. I'm just thinking about that defense going up against that Kansas City offense. It's going to be really, really, it's going to be a tough matchup. Yeah, yeah. But I think the Jaguars are talented enough on defense to stop the Chiefs offense I, I mean the talent's there man because I know it's like we're such homers but last year like the Broncos had two really good games against the Chiefs they lost both of them but the defense you know was able to like you know maintain them at a decent uh, yeah. in a decent place so if Jacksonville can play up to their what they're capable of I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be able to and then to add mm-hmm. to your reasoning I know Leonard Fournette I've been reading that he's been really motivated after some issues oh yeah it's crazy like, after, he like blocked yeah, out everybody yeah he went to go train with like an old strength and training coach what have you and then of course Nick Foles um, he's talking about that feeling of how exciting it was to bring the Super Bowl to a city that had never had one <laughs> the Eagles and uh, how he wants to do it again for Jacksonville so they're going to be motivated over there in Jacksonville uh, but for me it's like man Kansas City is just so stacked on offense and you know of course Patrick Mahomes we already talked about in my uh, picked him in uh, in fantasy and then yeah. something else that's really fun for me to watch is I don't know if you remember last year a lot of things that Jalen Ramsey has said have come back and bit him in the ass mm-hmm. and uh, he's he called this offseason has been quiet yeah he's been quiet man because he's been getting burned and uh, by not, not like literally but just you know yeah yeah uh, because he called Tyreek Hill a return specialist. Yeah, he said this last year, right? Yeah, and I don't know if he's scared because he knows Tyreek ain't afraid to get violent. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> after after that's happened, 
So, so you know, that boy, that boy, afraid of bit of kids. Yeah, I better man. be scared. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, uh, honestly, I think Tyreek's gonna go off. I, I know. I mean, I obviously don't underestimate Jalen Ramsey, but there's gonna be some motivation there. And you know they're yeah, going to be targeting. Yeah, you know they're going to be targeting him. They're going to be putting in, uh, Travis Kelsey in positions um, to you know have him up against Ramsey. Uh, Andy Reid's going to know what to do. Um, so in that game, I'm picking the Chiefs. Uh, Luis, you're picking the Jaguars. That's a really good game, man. Uh, Chiefs at Jaguars. Yeah, I'm excited for that game. Now. Yeah, that's a good game. Uh, moving on, another good game. Even though, of course, we've lost uh, Colonel or Sergeant Andrew Luck. Great Twitter account. Shout out. Um, is the Colts at the Chargers? Luis, who you got? I got the Colts. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, I really feel strong about... Brissette. Really feel re- yeah, Brissette. I think he's just going to go out there, lights out. And the Chargers, I feel like... You know, we know the Chargers. We, I mean, yeah. they're in our division. We, we follow them all the time. Last year, the past years, they've been great. It's only a matter of time until they suck again. And I feel like this <laughs> season, they're going to suck again. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the next season, they'll be good. Yeah, <laughs> but, okay. Um, just them, him, them not having James and then Russell Kuhn not protecting the left and side for Philip Rivers. Melvin and, Gordon. Yeah, all that. Just a lot of things around the Chargers. And then yeah. Most likely that, that, that arena is going to be filled with Colts fans. So it's going to be a home game for the Colts. They're going to be hyped up. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, I think for that I, for that one, uh, you picked the Colts. I also picked the Colts. I just think they're going to rally around this whole, uh, you know, the talk of like, oh, man, it's the Texans division. It's the Jaguars division now. The division's yeah. wide open. Um, so I think they're going to take that personally. They're going to show up. And then you're right on with the Chargers. Actually, when I was picking this game, I just pictured uh, Philip Rivers' dumbass face when something I'll goes pissed. wrong. <laughs> or, you know, or he throws a pick and he looks to the sideline and he's like, he's what like, the hell? What the hell? Yeah, man. So, yeah, I picked the Colts, too. So Colts and Chargers, we both picked the Colts. I thought you were going to pick the Chargers. Oh, dude, so did I. But then I was like, no, I think the Colts are going to rally around the whole Andrew Luck thing. That really just changes it for me. Um, mm. if, if we had picked this before Andrew Luck retired, I'm honestly like, I think it would have been a closer decision for me. And it might have gone the way of the Chargers. But yeah, so we picked the Colts. Uh, next up, this one should be another easy decision, I feel. Cincinnati Bengals at the Seattle Seahawks. Well, I have the Seahawks. So yes. This is the Bengals. There's too much there. I mean, there's nothing there. Yeah. There's nothing <laughs> I should say. There's nothing there with the Bengals. They're going to be a new team, new coach. You know, just short, it's going to be no AJ Green. They missed a lot on defense. And Seattle, it's Russell Wilson, and there's a lot there. Yeah, Cincinnati's not looking that great this year, which just leads me to some good fantasy advice. If you haven't drafted or go to the waiver wire and pick up Cincinnati Bengal receivers, because they're going to be throwing a lot to catch up this season. Uh, so yeah, let me write that down. <laughs> we already drafted. That's why he said it. Uh, so um, okay, we're both picking the Seahawks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, much more talent over in Seattle, uh, Cincinnati. You might as well consider it rebuilding. Um, I don't think they're going to put up much of a fight. But hey, it's the NFL. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. Um, so next uh, division game, always a fun game, even though the Giants have kind of sucked recently. Uh, Giants, New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry World. What you got? I got the Cowboys. Yep. yep. Uh, with or without Zeke, I'm picking the Cowboys in this game, probably. Yeah. Yeah, regardless, with or without Zeke, I'm going Cowboys. Cowboys are too much of a strong team. Their defense is looking great. Offense, you know, they have, we talked about this, they have Randall Cobb, Amari Cooper, you know. Still a great yeah. O-line. Yeah. Uh, Michael Gallup, uh, second-year sophomore receiver who's looking to make a big jump on defense. Of course, they have great linebackers, Jalen Smith, Lane Vander Esch. Uh, they brought in Demarcus Lawrence, good young secondary. Hard not to pick the Cowboys. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I mean, if <laughs> there's gonna be I a lot be of surprise, I won't be surprised if uh, Danny Jones goes and plays the second half of this game. Yeah, man, that would actually be pretty cool. I, w- I would really like to see that. Nothing against Eli, but I would really like to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's funny when we read off like about the Dallas Cowboys, how talented they are, but we just won't pick them to like go all the way. <laughs> I know, you know, it's just it's so things. I'm like, yeah. It's like, man, something's uh, gonna happen. They're not gonna make it. I mean, y'all are drafting all pros and stuff, but you still have Jason Garrett. So you know, yeah. I don't, Jason, there's gonna be a lot of clapping from Jason Garrett in this game, though. I can feel it. So, <laughs> yeah. a lot so of smiling. New York Giants at Dallas Cowboys. We both both picked the Cowboys. Man, I have diarrhea of the mouth today. Man, I don't know what's going on. Um, That's the first I never heard that that way before. Diarrhea of the mouth. You have it all the time too, man. Well, yeah, I I know, but I never heard that word. Like, not not. I've never heard it in that saying. Diarrhea of the mouth. Yeah, sounds disgusting. It does, doesn't it? Okay, moving on. Thanks for making me feel bad about myself. Jesus. (laughs) 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 All right, moving on. Detroit at Arizona. Yes. This is going to be a great matchup here. Two teams that have nothing to look forward to. Whoa. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> you know I like the Lions, man. All right. Whatever. All right. So uh, who, who'd you pick? Detroit Lions at Arizona Cardinals. I picked this as an upset game of the week, and I went, and I went with Arizona. Okay. Yeah. If they're going to win a game, I feel like it might be against Detroit. Nothing against <laughs> Detroit. It's just I feel like Detroit's just one of those teams that you throw out there, and it's like, eh. This, even though, like, I know they're, like, really good. Like, Matthew Stafford has a really strong arm, and that offense is looking good. The defense is pretty sharp. And we talked about how they're in that hard division in the north. But uh, I just feel like Kyle Moore is going to run for his life. He's going to score a lot. I don't know, man. Uh, honestly, on, on that one, I'm taking the Lions. I just think the Lions are a low-key, dark horse, good team. Um, unfortunately, they're stuck in a division where there's better teams but mm-hmm. um, I still think they're a good team. And like I said, Arizona, there's a lot of question marks. Of course, Kyler Murray, like I said, he has an O-line. Uh, Cleef Kinsbury, who was a head coach at Texas Tech and couldn't get it done there, um, is jumping from a failure in college to be head coach of an NFL franchise. A bigger failure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's going to be an interesting one. But, I mean, I, like I said, you're, you're calling the upset. I mean, I could see it happening somehow. We've seen rookie quarterbacks come in and have monstrous week ones. Like yeah. Cam, Cam Newton, I think, threw for 400-something yards, did he not? Like his first start and then... Uh, oh, yeah, he like tore it up. Yeah, he, I think he set records. And then also Robert uh, RG3, we thought he was going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, damn, this guy's for real after his first yeah. game. Yeah, and also because I feel like, you know, the preseason, obviously the, the Cardinals look like shit in the preseason. <laughs> it was just like, God, leave. But I feel like they were hiding a lot of the cards because everyone's expecting, you know, Cliff Kinsbury out here to entered a new offense since the NFL that he used in college. And, yeah, they're just going to be throwing know, that ball, man. Is a, yeah. So it's just like, I'm pretty sure they were hiding a lot of it in the preseason because everyone's going to keep an eye on them. To now for week one, we'll probably see like their true colors and what it is that they're really trying to run out there. Yeah. It might surprise us, but yeah. Uh, All right. For me, it's the upset. All right. So uh, Luis, first upset special, picking the Cardinals. Well, no, that's actually the second upset because I think we picked uh, the Colts over the Chargers. I'm not sure about the betting lines on that one, but I feel like the Colts might be underdogs in that one. So Luis picking the Arizona Cardinals over the Lions. I'm picking Detroit over Arizona on that one. Uh, Next up, this one's an interesting game also. I think it might be really close. Uh, San Francisco 49ers at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Luis? I picked San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, just because, I mean, both teams are, not that they're both really weak, but I think Tampa Bay's a bit weaker. And yeah, San I think Francisco, 
I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, like because I think both of the teams arguably are equally talented, but I just think San Francisco has the better situation right now all around. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So all right, both picking 49ers, San Francisco at Tampa Bay. Uh, next up, so I believe there's a Sunday night game. It is. Uh, yep, it's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Patriots. Lace. Oh, I'm wearing the Patriots. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. This will be the the Steelers' first real test. I mean, well, for everybody in the NFL, but just to see how that offense is going to be without Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I mean, and those the, are those know. are big losses, you know. Despite the headaches. Um, those yeah. are those are still like high caliber elite players that you're losing, mm-hmm. and um, you know um, I think I think it's gonna be a good game though because I mean the Steelers are still the Steelers, they're still a tough team, um, but the Patriots are the Patriots. So yeah, so Pittsburgh Steelers at New England Patriots. Luis and I both picking the Patriots. That's a Sunday night game, so we got some good games to look forward to on Sunday. Moving on to Monday night's double header. Uh, first game, another good game. Houston Texans at the New Orleans Saints. Luis. I'm going with the Saints on this one. They're just a better team offensively. And better team, yeah. Both sides, better team. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Well, this is just a better team overall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just that offense is gonna turn you one on Houston, and then they don't have Clowney, so that's minus a pass rusher there. To uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, to say. yeah, I mean, agree. Saints are you know arguably the top team in the NFC right next to the Rams. Um, they haven't really lost anything even bigger chip on their shoulder. Houston Texans, like I said, they're a good team. Um, are they a Super Bowl contender in my eyes? No. So, um, yeah, just picking the Saints. Um, mm-hmm. Next up, I think the game you're most looking forward to, even though it might not oh, be the yeah. best quality game, even though I am looking forward to it too, obviously. Uh, it's second game of the week right here. <sighs> second game of the doubleheader, uh, Denver Broncos at Oakland Raiders. Luis, why are you picking Denver? Uh, because you know we're not too sure what's gonna happen with the Raiders on offense. Nah, I'm just kidding. No, I mean I'm going with, obviously going with the Raiders, even if I know obviously. them right now. Even so, I mean, even so you're if admitting they're... you're admitting your bias. You're saying obviously, like oh yeah, I mean the Raiders obviously. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm always gonna be biased when it comes with the Raiders. All right, all right, keep, all right, keep going, Rodney. You know, it's just Derek Carr and John Gruden together for second year. It's gonna be great, man. They're gonna look so good out there. Antonio Brown fully recovered. He's got his new helmet. You know, he's gonna be out there turning a new one in that Denver secondary. Not to mention that kid uh, from Clemson, Hunter Renfro, coming out of the slot. He's gonna be he's gonna be tearing it up. Josh Jacobs running all over the place. Their car's gonna be great. That Raider defense is gonna do just enough to get Joe Flacco benched again. I know you just made that dumb, sarcastic voice, but it's the smartest you've ever sounded on this podcast. I should start practicing, yeah. practicing so, it more often. St- stop being yourself and be somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> just impersonate somebody? No, I'm, okay, let me see. So you picked the Raiders, obviously. For me, it was actually a hard decision um, just because there's a lot of question marks on both teams. Uh, you know, offense, defense, but I think... There's a little more familiarity on the defensive side with the Broncos, and I think the biggest difference is going to be the pass rush. 
Uh, we've seen Derek Carr get flustered before. I think we were talking about it last year when you know he was seeing shit out there on the field. You know, like oh, yeah. he would get panicked and throw the ball. Not saying that that's still there. I mean, he could have fixed that issue and probably feels more secure. Uh, but of course, I mean, I am a little biased, but I just feel like the pass rush, Bradley Chubb, Von Miller are going to make a difference. And of course, Chris Harris and improved secondary over last year with Vic Fangio at the helm. I'm picking Denver, but I'm not 100% sure on that, obviously, because I still feel it's, it's a tough division game. We've seen them split um, season series year after year. Yeah, um, those, those two, when those two teams play against each other, it's always a close game. It's never been a blowout. Even if it feels like a blowout, it's still pretty close. Yeah, and I think you also have to enjoy just because it's coming closer to when the Raiders leave to Vegas. And who knows how the environment's going to be because, you know, there's a, yeah. there's the, been the argument that um, the fans for the Raiders might not travel well. And they might turn into that team that teams visiting Vegas are going to go watch the Raiders just because they're in town. So, um, I mean, shout out to Raider Nation, I guess. They've made the games fun. They got, what, one more year there and then they're moving on? Or what's the... No, this is the last year. This is the last year. Okay, so yeah, that'll be the last time Denver ever plays um, in Oakland. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so hey, man. That's cool. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. I mean, like I said, I'm picking Denver, even though I think it's the bias. Not like Luis, where it obviously gets me over the hump. But I think it's that little bit of extra, um, along with the pass rush, I think is going to be key this game. Um, so, yeah, that pretty much does it for our week one predictions. Like I said, Luis and I are going to keep track of these and then um, see who has uh, bragging rights at the end of the season. Maybe we'll come up with something fun to do. Uh, yeah, that'd be yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, something else I want to address because I think we have to be responsible podcasters. Um, and also at this point, this late in the podcast, this far in, I think the only people listening to this are me and Luis the following day making sure there's nothing <laughs> wrong sure with it <laughs> we sound okay <laughs> yeah uh at least you, you you texted me something earlier this week that um blindsided blindsided me and uh, hit me harder than the andrew luck retirement news do you know what i'm talking about uh no are you sure you don't know what i'm talking about I, I'm, I'm pretty sure i do know i just can't think of it right now <laughs> you you texted me and you said that the Kansas City Chiefs defense was, oh my God. was going to carry that team. Now, you can't go back on this because I've screenshotted it. So I, I just like I just want to hear your side on why you think the Kansas City Chiefs defense is going to carry what was, I think, the number one offense last year. I mean, not not in a sense like they're going to... He's going back, I guess folks. W- no, no. What I meant is... The Chiefs is what's gonna seal wins for and the Chiefs defense is gonna seal wins for the off for the team in general. Like they're gonna make those stupid ass plays that, like what the hell? Where it's just like you know it's just going their way. But I think the Chiefs defense is talented enough. We've known about all their additions, you know, for them to actually carry the team if it comes down to it. Okay, so you were you were just saying like they'll be adequate enough. This was the, yeah. the mistake you made is. You were talking to me who, like I said, I'll always go to this well over and over. A, a defense that carries a team is the Denver defense that carried them to a Super Bowl that year. I mean, oh, yeah. you have to agree. That's literally carrying the team on your back. There was times where they scored more points than the offense. And, you know, obviously that's just not going to happen with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. There's no way. No, yeah. yeah. I just feel like... I just think that Chiefs defense deserves more credits. Well, you know what? I'll give them more credit when they earn it. Yeah, that's fair, fair enough. You know, you are who you are until you prove otherwise. Uh, but yeah, I just, they are who I thought they were. <laughs> I will let them off the hook. <laughs> so yeah, I just had to put that uh, put that out there because I think it's, it's a responsibility. Like that. We we have to be responsible podcasters. You know, if people are going to take us serious. 
Well, that's good. I mean, at least it's in the last, the last portion of the episode. So no one, like you said, no one's listening by this, by this part, by this point. Hopefully, Manscaped is listening, man. Hey, Manscaped, I'm ready to shave my balls with your uh, what's it called that that trimmer they got? Jesus uh, Christ! What? Hey, man, you said we need a sponsorships. Might as well let loose oh, towards yeah. the end of it. <laughs> True. Hey, uh, Nike, can I get some new workout clothes? Come on now, I'll talk you out your ass again. Uh, Blue Apron, I like to cook. Uh, hit me up. <laughs> uh, popcorn flicks uh, we watch we watch your videos if you could uh, plug us in on your YouTube videos he's a good guy man that popcorn flicks guy is good uh, is he? yeah he's a good guy I heard uh, he's a douche well hey I don't think you know him like I do but it is what it is he doesn't uh, give free stuff or anything <laughs> <laughs> alright alright guys that's gonna do it for this week's episode uh, Luis anything you wanna say to the fine people at home that's not gonna creep them out and have them leave this podcast and unfollow us on Spotify uh, I appreciate you guys listening to us for uh, our third episode uh, please uh, follow and like our stuff on Twitter Instagram and Facebook Yes, yes. Snapchat. You, yep, yep. Well, we don't have Snapchat. You can follow us on Instagram at uh, Sideline Huddle Pod. And then, as Luis was saying, if you could please uh, subscribe to us, follow us on uh, Spotify. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And it would mean the world to us if you actually left us a review because that helps us a lot with the people upstairs, whoever that is. But I, I just read that. I'm a. Who the hell are the people upstairs? Yeah, about to say, I've been collecting a paycheck. Luis has been a sucker. Uh, I'm out here. Stretching out a painting for two weeks. Yeah, this boy the out there here living the life. You, you out there like that uh, Browns receiver holding the sign? Give me a chance. Give me a chance. Uh, but, I, like, uh, I heard there's good money in the podcast, but I haven't seen any good money <laughs> come in yet. <laughs> uh, no, but anyways, guys, like we said, yeah, we're available Spotify, iTunes, um, Google Play, Stitcher, and we're seeking out more places for you guys to listen to us. And like we said, we really appreciate it. Uh, find us on Instagram at Sideline Huddle Pod. We haven't been too active on there. Pretty much just announcing new episodes. Hopefully, we can get some content up there for you guys. Um, also on Twitter, same username. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to say. Luis, anything for the fine people at home? One more time before we say goodbye. No, that's it. Thank that's you guys it. for listening. All right. Thanks, guys. See you guys next time. All right. Bye.